Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, good morning, beloved family. I'm so happy to be with you. If you've been listening the last couple of days, uh, you know that we had two pre-recorded programs. Now, every time I travel, um, I will the programs will refresh and new and pre-recorded for you. And um, we are uh, going to be able to answer your uh, emails uh, during those times as well. But we won't be able to take live calls. But we are live here today. We're back in Tulsa from our trip. And um, and we still don't know if we have a new home. Our trip went very, very well. uh, But we we still await our Lord's answer. So um, as I said before, well, God's ways are, his timing, his ways are perfect um, past finding out. But they're always perfect. So we trust. We trust in him. And we wait. Um, if this works out, we will be very, very happy. Um, and we will have a very wonderful, holy, humble, um, very Catholic bishop. So we shall see. Um, you know what I'd like to do today? I think I'd be, we began uh, the book by Frank Sheed on uh, society and sanity. And rather than continue to read that here live with you today, we will continue this. But um, I wanted to uh, read um, the era six, uh, very serious uh, errors is a very mild word for them, heresies that are included in the Instrumentum Laboris, the working document of the Amazon Synod that is scheduled for October 6th to the 26th. And last week I read an article uh, by Edward Penton, a magnificent reporter for the National Catholic Register, um, letting us know that uh, Cardinal Burke and Bishop Snyder had announced a crusade of prayer and fasting, which began September 17th and went right through the end of the uh, Synod on October 26th. So it's a 40-day um, fast and prayer for the, um, well, I pray personally, we pray here for the abolishment of that synod because it is proposing such evil, anything that goes against the church that is false, that is heretical, is evil. It's not from God. And if it's not from God, it's from the devil. There's no in-between. Um, and uh, this is not my assessment um, Cardinal Burke, Bishop Snyder, Cardinal Branruler, um, uh, I forget who else, other bishops have said these things. They've written these things. I'm not even adding a single word of description of my own. And so um, uh, finally, Cardinal Burke and Bishop Snyder, uh, out of care for the sheep because they are true shepherds of the flock, uh, wrote this um put together this uh, crusade of prayer and fasting to implore God that error and heresy do not pervert the coming special assembly of the Synod of Bishops for the Pan-Amazon. There's nothing wrong with the Synod of Bishops or for the Pan-Amazon, but there is 
everything wrong with what is planned. Um, and so uh, they wrote quite a bit, but basically six errors, and I'm not going to read the introduction at this point. I read you a bit from Edward Penton uh, last week, but I'd like to read the actual errors, um, th- six of them, that uh, Bishop Snyder, that Cardinal Burke and Bishop Athanasius Snyder um, have uh, put it's all over the web. It's for anybody to to download, uh, print out, and, and we have done that. The first one <clears throat> is implicit pantheism. Implicit pantheism, and it says this: the Instrumentum Laboris, that is the working document of the Amazon Synod, promotes a pagan socialization of quote Mother Earth unquote based on a cosmology of the Amazonian tribes that is implicitly pantheistic. That's God is in everything, all over the place. has nothing to do with Christ, has nothing to do with uh, the Trinity. And uh, uh, I I don't know if Christ is even mentioned in the working document. And they, they mark these four points based on notes in the working document. Uh, the Aboriginal people. This is, uh, this is. These are quotes from the working document. Aboriginal people discover how all parts are dimensions that constitutively uh, exist in relation, forming a vital whole, and therefore live in communion with nature as a whole and in dialogue with the spirits. This is pantheism. This is not Christianity. Second point, this is, these are quotes uh, from the uh, working document. Their life and good living are characterized by harmony of relationships between the whole cosmos that is nature, men, the supreme being, and uh, the various spiritual forces captured in the mantra of Pope Francis, quote, everything is connected, end quote. Point three, again, quotes from the document. The beliefs and rights of the elderly healers regarding the many-named divinity acting with and in relation to nature create harmony and balance between human beings and the cosmos. Can you believe that this is coming from the Holy Father in the Magisterium of the Church who was put in place by our Lord uh, to lead us to heaven? This is going back to pre-Christianity. That's my comment, beloved. Fourth point, fourth quote. Therefore, we must listen, listen now, we must listen to the cry of stop the extermination of and live healthily in harmony with Mother Earth. This is just, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Okay, hold on a second. Okay, beloved, wow, we've had uh, quite a bit of uh, technical error here, so you might be watching a blank screen or listening, and it's blank. I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize what's happening, and I think we're trying to fix the camera. So, okay, we'll just continue. My apologies. You know, when you do everything technical, you you run into technical glitches. So here we go. Okay, I'm going to continue here. Um, and what I was saying is that the first, um, the first error that the bishops have pointed out is that of pantheism. Um, 
implicit pantheism, and I just uh, named four quotes from the working document of the Amazon Synod, and then Cardinal Burke and Bishop Snyder go on to say this, to explain that. The magisterium of the Church rejects such an implicit pantheism as incompatible with the Catholic faith. The warmth, quote, the warmth of Mother Earth, whose divinity pervades the whole of creation, is held to bridge the gap between creation and the transcendent, listen to this, Father God of Judaism and Christianity, and removes the prospect of being judged by such a being. In such a vision of closed universe that contains God and other spiritual beings along with ourselves, we recognize here an implicit pantheism. Um, uh, kind of a Christian, uh, it's from... Oh, my goodness, there's so much here. I I can't read it all to you. In the following affirmation of the the magisterium of the church rejects pantheism and relativism, teaching, they tend to relativize religious doctrine in favor of a vague worldview expressed as a system of myths and symbols dressed in religious language. Moreover, They often propose a pantheistic concept of God, which is incompatible with sacred scripture and Christian tradition. They replace personal responsibility to God for our actions with a sense of duty to the cosmos. I'm telling you, this is is beyond New Age. This is just simply... uh, a, a tribal perspective where Christianity has not reached, thus overturning the true concept of sin and the need for redemption through Christ. Um, And that's from uh, John Paul II's address address to the bishops of uh, uh, several states um, in their ad limina visit. Okay, that's one. Implicit pantheism number two, the second error. Pagan superstitions as sources of divine revelation and alternative pathways for salvation. Beloved, I'm reading you the, the descriptions, but it, I, I can just read you the, 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 four, the six errors. It's, it's unthinkable. Error number two in the working document. Pagan superstitions as sources. This is what they're uh, proposing and believing pagan superstitions as sources of divine revelation and alternative pathways for sal- for salvation. You know, uh, I could almost go along with pagan superstitions as sources of divine revelation only in the sense that um, God has put the knowledge of him in every being. And so as distorted as we are in our in the fall, we still have him within us. But then to say that it's, they are, these pagan superstitions are divine alternative pathways for salvation is unthinkable, beloved. Um, <clears throat> the working document draws from its implicit, implicit pantheistic conception 
um, an erroneous concept of divine revelation, stating basically that God continues to self-communicate in history through the conscience of the peoples and cries of nature. Um, And we can say the heavens declare the glory of God, and God has put the knowledge of himself within every man so that they were without excuse. But in this case, um, the the cardinal and the uh, documents write, according to this view, the pagan superstitions of the Amazon tribes are an expression of divine revelation, deserving an attitude of dialogue and acceptance on the part of the church. See? We are going by divine mandate to bring the gospel to every creature. And I think this is proposing that every creature instead bring an alternative gospel to us. The Amazon um, is a theological place, quote unquote, the Amazon is a theological place where faith or the experience of God in history is lived. It is a particular source of God's revelation. Um, Epiphanic places where the caresses of God become incarnate in history. I tell you, um, I'm reading this with you for the first time, and as I read it, beloved, I read it because I trust anything that comes from Cardinal Burke and Bishop Athanasius Snyder. I I don't have to question anything. This, to me, as I'm reading it, is somewhat poetic, and I I can see someone writing a poem and addressing the glories of God. And as the Jewish people believe, there's an angel in every every rather grade of blast, a great, oh my goodness, it's backwards. Every blade of grass has its own angel. This is all wonderful. This is poetic language. Uh, the caresses of God become incarnate in history. I love those words. But this is not the theology of redemption and salvation. The church must quote, this is from the document, Discover the incarnate and active presence of God. The church, listen to this, must discover. Now, this is, I, I'm, I, you don't know what's from me and what's from the document anymore. The church must discover the incarnate and active presence of God. Must discover it. 2,000 years after the death and resurrection of Christ, the church needs to discover this now. Um, it's, uh, it's just an amazing, amazing situation. Um, and we must discover this from the uh, the Amazonian tribes. Um, so here, the church, it says, must, the document says, discover the incarnate and active presence of God in the spirituality of the original peoples, recognizing in them other avenues, other pathways, since the creator spirit has nurtured the spirituality of these peoples for centuries, even before the proclamation of the gospel, teaching them faith in the God, Father, Mother, Creator. I can, it's making me nauseous. Faith in the God, Father, Mother, Creator, and the living relationship with with nature and Mother Earth, as well as with ancestors. Beloved, 
I'm not going to go on to read this whole document. It's pages long, and we would be into it all of next week. You can download it or get a friend to, to print it out for you from the web. But it says, when the church must discover the incarnate and active presence of God in the spirituality of original peoples, recognizing in them other avenues and pathways, since the creator spirit, listen, has nurtured the spirituality of these people for centuries, even before the proclamation of the gospel. The law given on Mount Sinai to Moses was... The scriptures say, Paul says in his letter to the Galatians, our schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. And he took them out of the pagan peoples because everybody was pagan. Abraham, his parents were idol worshipers. They were all pagans. There was no divine special revelation up to that point. God took them out to prepare a peculiar people for himself through whom the Savior of the world would come. And he said, he gave them the law. The law couldn't save. It was holy and righteous and good, but it couldn't save anybody because nobody could keep it. And if you failed in one point, you failed in it all. So why did God give the law? He gave the law to show people that there is a God and there is a way to salvation and nothing they can do would ever be good enough or suffice, that they needed a savior. And the purpose was that they would cry out to say, you are holy and righteous and good, Oh God, and so is your law. But but we're fallen, we're sinful, we cannot keep it. We try, but we fail over and over again. That's why you gave us the system of sacrifices and said, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. And you said that the, you would bring a Savior. And God did. He brought a Savior, not because all that went before it was salvific or Uh, could be salvific? Absolutely not. Only the sacrifice of Christ is salvific. Only the death and resurrection of Christ can save. Nothing else. Nothing else. And that is the dividing point of all history. Those who believed God prior to the cross and put their trust in him for Uh, for salvation, not in their works, not in their keeping of the law, would be saved. Those, again, following Christ in the last 2,000 years who put their trust in the Savior of the world will be saved. In the Savior of the world through the church he established, there's no other path, there's no other means of salvation. There never has been. There never will be. This This is discarding everything that God has done. It's an amazing, shocking, it's beyond twilight zone that those who have been given the responsibility of leading the church into all truth, well, that's not the responsibility of the magisterium. That's God's. God is the one. Our Lord is the one who said that he would build his church, the gates of hell would not prevail, and that... um, he will lead it into truth throughout time. And he will. He will. We mess up. We're going to continue to mess up. But never has there been such a day where there has been such utter, utter debauchery, utter corruption, utter evil, and such utter heresy taught as today. 
Who do we follow? That's our confusion. Well, it's not our confusion. We follow Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul said. You follow me as I follow Christ. We are to obey and respect the Holy Father, certainly in his office. He is the Pope, and there is to be respect for him. But when he teaches error, we don't obey. Just as uh, the Apostle Paul confronted Peter, the first Pope, he didn't lose respect for Peter when he corrected him. He had um, utter love for Peter and for the church by correcting Peter so that he would not lead the church into heresy. And that's our job, and that is what these two magnificent holy prelates are doing. Fourth quote from the document, Under Pagan Superstitions. Through dialogue, the document says, the church must avoid imposing petrified doctrines. The faith, beloved, once for all delivered to the saints. It can't change. Petrified doctrines, formulations of faith expressed with other cultural references, such as Israel, and a corporatist attitude that reserves salvation exclusively for one's own creed. By doing so, the church will be journeying in search of its identity toward unity in the Holy Spirit. I tell you, this is not just heresy. This is shocking, a shocking invasion of heresy and evil to destroy the church. I'm terrible, beloved. You know our break music by now. There's our break, beloved. And we will come back um, after the break to take your questions, your calls, your emails, your texts. Call in toll-free with anything on your heart. Our lines are wide open. St. Charles Borromeo said, If we wish to make any progress in the service of God, we must begin every day of our life with new eagerness. By displaying a Catholic radio bumper magnet on your car, your witness each day gives others the opportunity to discover Catholic radio and to be touched by our Lord through listening. Request your free Catholic radio bumper magnets today. Visit thestationofthecross.com and click the Promote tab at the top of our website. That's thestationofthecross.com. Then click the Promote tab. Thank you for supporting Catholic radio and helping to spread the gospel message to everyone else on the road. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Dominus et 
to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved, and now we're streaming again. We just had a little series of technical glitches, and uh, they just happened, so um, those things happen, they say. But we're back with you now, so the first half of the program today was um, just uh, audio, and now we're back live with you on live stream again, um, and we're going to take your, your questions, your calls, your texts, emails, uh, toll-free 1-877-511-5483, uh, text at that number as well, and email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Uh, Excuse me. We have an email from William uh, from Logan, Ohio, who writes that he doesn't approve of the Catholic school's education. How can he share that with his family effectively? Oh, no wonder this is written in the third person. It was a call off the line from William. Okay. I'm not sure here uh, what the situation is, William, because I don't know who your family is. I don't know if you're talking about your wife and children, in which case you would share it with your wife. The two of you would need to be on the same page before you bring the children into it. I don't know if you're referring to your your uh, relatives. Uh, so, um, But what, what I had been referring to is this book, written two years ago, titled um, uh, Get Out Now, Why You Should Pull Your Children uh, from Public School Before It's Too Late. Get Out Now, Why You Should Pull Your Children from Public School Before It's Too Late. Let me see if I'm actually giving that to you. And I've read a number of articles um, from America Magazine uh, called... um, uh, rescuing our children, and not simply from public schools, beloved, but from Catholic schools. Um, there are a number of Catholic schools that, again, I say shockingly, have taken the government core program. That will destroy your children. Um, and the only reason I could think of a Catholic school adopting that program is either they get government aid, which they should never be doing, or they're lazy, they just don't have a curriculum and they're using what's available, which is uh, completely irresponsible and what the devil wants. Uh, Or they have sex ed, Uh, it's terrible. So William, I don't know your situation here uh, with your family, but, um, or who your family is at the moment, but what I would do is not talk in generalities. If, if the if your if children in your family are being sent to Catholic schools, go to the schools, and don't talk in a general term. But if they're going to specific Catholic schools, find out what those Catholic schools teach, and if it's against the faith, if it's sex ed, if it's the core program, if it's being taught by non-Catholic teachers who are giving a worldview that's not Catholic, all of that then you tell your family about that in those particular schools. But not all Catholic schools are bad, so not all Catholic education is bad. Um, I met this uh, weekend in 
uh, well, let me let me not say where at the moment, because I'm not telling you our potential new home yet, but um, I met with uh, magnificent people who have begun an academy to prepare children for college, and they're doing uh, just an unbelievably magnificent job. And I know other people that are doing it. They've started schools. <coughs> And a number of these schools have just come out of homeschooling groups, and they want their children to get a classical Christian education. They want to control what is taught and how it's taught to keep the children truly Catholic and to help them to think, which is lost in our schools today. Children don't think. They memorize for exams. They study for exams. They are not taught critical thinking, hardly even in Catholic schools. But again... It, it's not good, William, to just say in general. It, it's, it is okay to say in a great number of Catholic schools um, it's, it's truly not a Catholic education. And if it's not a Catholic education, then the children graduate, they go to college, and they leave the faith because they thought they've had Catholicism, and they haven't. And again, a good Catholic school won't help very much if the faith is not lived and taught at home. Uh, we have an email that someone who writes in anonymously and says, My husband and I know a young Catholic couple who are really nice in person and seem to be striving for holiness. The problem is in the way they act when not in person. They ignore texts and calls, yet post to their social media constantly. They hold rosary meetings that seem like a big social network club instead of a group of people with meaningful relationships who get down on their knees to pray to God together. I am really confused in what we should do. My husband and I think we should back away and begin to seriously pray for them. Yet they continue to seek us to meet up and then ignore us when we respond. We do not have social media and feel maybe this is why they don't respond to text. We do not have social media and feel that maybe this is why they don't respond to text. I see. There are many other things that they do that just give my husband and I an uneasy feeling. In part, I believe they know too many people and honestly cannot keep track of everyone they know or the conversations they have. I do not want to feel anything against them. Should we be honest to them about their behavior or just try to keep our distance and still be loving toward them? Thank you, and I appreciate any advice. You know, um, I don't think you should discuss their general behavior with them. I don't think you should judge them of why they are doing this and that or that they may know too many people. I think you should back away from all of that. The only thing for you to approach them on is what's personal to you. And there's no reason for you to not say, you know, um, we're, we're friends, we're part of your rosary group, all of this, but it's confusing that you don't respond to us uh, when we respond to you. Can, you. can you let us in on that? 
uh, we don't know what to do with that. And if they say, well, we respond on Facebook or social media or something, say, you know, we're not on social media, and maybe that's the problem, but would you, would you kindly be able to respond to us by text or call or email or something so we know that, you know, there's a connection there? Or let us know if there's any other problem. Keep it personal. Keep it personal. Don't judge their behavior, and don't talk about their behavior with anybody else. Okay, there's the music for our second break, and um, we'll be right back, beloved. This is a good time to call in if you wish, toll-free or text, one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. To High Catholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download to your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community. Connect with us through social media and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. We have a good 15 minutes left together and uh, plenty of time for you to call in if you wish. Uh, toll free, one 511 Text at that number or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We're going to go to an email. <coughs> Excuse me. Hold on. <coughs> my 
throat in your ears there. Um, an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, why are conservative Catholics like you and your order supporting a schism in the church? Why not support the Pope in his work to bring peace to the world through dialogue? I'll tell you what, this is a very good question. This is a very good, it's at the, it's at the root of everything. I, I'm so glad you asked it. Number one, why are you writing that uh, conservative Catholics like us, uh, me and my order, are, in God's order, I hope, are supporting a schism? I, I dread a schism. I would never support a schism. I would never support a schism. And the last, um, this is one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I would never support, I grieve at the schisms. And you might know that I came out of 18 years of evangelical Protestantism. That was a schism over 500 years ago. That was a schism. The East-West divide, that was a schism. These are awful, awful things in, in the body of Christ. Uh, taking a person and chopping off the leg, chopping off the, it's terrible. I've never mentioned schism. There's no desire for schism. It was the Holy Father himself that mentioned schism on his last plane flight. He said, I'm not afraid of schism. I'm not afraid of schism. Why wouldn't he be afraid of schism? It would break the heart of Christ. And no one on our end is talking about schism. The only one that is promoting a possible schism, I'm going to say this, is the Holy Father and those in the hierarchy who are proposing, particularly with the coming Amazon Synod, something that is absolutely not Catholicism. It's not Christianity. It's not what our Lord gave. That would be a schism. People who stick to the true faith, they're not proposing or supporting a schism. They're simply being Catholic and not departing from it. And you say, why not support the Pope in his work to bring peace to the world through dialogue? Okay, let me try to think of an example here. You have, oh, how do we do this? My goodness, I, I don't know what, what to, you know, you have a, uh, I'm going to be a little dramatic here with a, with a, a stark comparison. You have a child. She's running... Um, and she's old enough to dialogue. Let's say she's 12 or 13. And she, you're out camping, and, and she runs to the edge of a cliff, and she wants, and there's water down there, and it's, I don't know, thousands of feet, and she wants to, she, she wants to dive. She thinks she can make it. You know it's her death. You know she'll jump to her death. And, you're, and you stop and say, you can't do that. It's against nature. You will fall. You will not be able to live. You will not be able to live. The rate at which you'll be fall, you will not be able to live. Somebody jumps off a, biz, a building. They don't fall. Gravity takes them. They've simply put themselves in the position for that to happen. <clears throat> and so you say, don't do that. Stop. Well, come on, you narrow-minded person. Maybe there are things in nature that God has built in that will, birds fly, why can't she go back to nature and maybe God will help her arms to fly? I mean, I know this sounds really, really crazy, but you wouldn't sit her down and say, let's dialogue 
and let me let's dialogue let's talk about humans versus birds let's talk about different kind humans who think they're birds let's think you know this is all crazy how do i say would you dialogue with um how do you say, you know, uh, let me give you a better example. I, I just can't think of something crazy enough, so I apologize. Um, you have a daughter, and she's grown up, and you've raised her Catholic, and now she's sleeping with a man, and they have a child out of wedlock, and all of that. And you you try to tell her she's in grave, grave, grave sin. They're on their way to hell. She doesn't believe you. Um, are you going to say, sweetheart... Let, let's dialogue. Let's talk this through. Well, you can, but she's not interested. And you have to say to her, this is, sweetheart, we love you. We give our lives for you. This is mortal sin. If you die in your sleep, you will be in hell because you have rejected God. You see, you can, you can teach her. You can dialogue. But if the dialogue is to go toward the fact that she is such a sweet, giving person, maybe more sweet and more giving than the Catholic mom. But why shouldn't she go to heaven? She's good. Why shouldn't she? Why should God, you know, why shouldn't he accept her? She's so good, kind, gives to so many people. Why shouldn't that be a means of salvation? You see, there's so many things going through my mind right now. You have to say to her, honey... You can ask those questions, but it's not. We don't get to heaven on our goodness. None of us do. That's why Christ died. If we could get to heaven based on kindness, we wouldn't have needed a Savior. You see, there, there are times the truth must be spoken. And clearly and desperately, what we're facing in this Amazon Synod this is what has been said by the bishops of the church who are orthodox is the destruction of the church they have said verbally on youtube in print the church will never be the same this is completely heretical the church will never be the same we're talking about the discussion of women priests of a married priesthood of communion, again, as the Holy Father started himself, to people in mortal sin, adulterous unions, to giving communion to non-Christians, non-Catholics, rather, or to the spouses of Catholics who are not Catholic. We're talking about Mother Earth, not the God who created Earth. Earth is not our mother. Um, God gave us a mother when he created his mother, who gave birth to him. Oh, my goodness. Um, We're not supporting schism, beloved. We're simply trying desperately to keep to what is Catholic and not buy into the devil's schemes to destroy the church. He tried to destroy it by leading Adam and Eve astray. He tried to destroy it by destroying Israel, the people of God, through 1,500 years. And now the Savior came, and he lost. He's a doomed uh, creature, and yet he doesn't get it. And he's still trying to destroy God and the people of God. He will not win, but if we give in 
thinking that to remain a faithful Catholic is to be in schism, we, the, the devil has won us over. The devil has won us over because if we don't remain faithful, we are the ones that will go into schism and we're not going to do it. We are not. We're going to stay with the true church. Martin Luther thought that he was staying with the truth. He was a sick man. I, I, I can't say what he thought. He was a priest. He was a monk who left the church and married a nun. No, 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 no. We need to stay with the faith once delivered to the saints. We're going to go on to Andrea. Andrea has an email that says, oh, it's a follow-up from the question of earlier in the week, um, asking for clarification uh, of the email regarding uh, the two brothers, one of whom is a rad trad, a radical traditionalist, the other is marrying outside the church. Um, the, the, the brother, Chris, is the radical uh, traditional Catholic. Anthony, his brother, is Catholic and getting married to Decatur, who is not Catholic, and they're getting married outside the church. And what I remember of this mother who presented this whole situation is that Chris, the one who wasn't Catholic or was Catholic in name, she didn't even raise them Catholic, really. Um, but he came back from some trip, and he was utterly converted, became a radical traditionalist, and now is telling everyone in the family what to do, and he's become a, a tyrant. And uh, I'm telling you, Chris, if you ever hear this program, you're not going to win anybody over that way. But uh, it seems that Anthony... Um, I think Anthony was asked to be his best man, but he's being married outside the church. So here's the thing. I don't remember all the details of that, but if Anthony is Catholic getting married outside the church to Decador or Decatur, uh, who is not Catholic, if Anthony is Catholic and he's getting married to a non-Catholic without a dispensation from the bishop, no, Chris cannot attend the church. Neither can anyone in the family, including the mom. If a Catholic is married out, still claims to be a Catholic, and they get married outside of the church, you must not attend that wedding. Now, if they have a dispensation from the bishop with a special situation, um, and then they're going to come back and have their marriage raised within the church, I, I, I suppose you can do that. I'd have to know, and each situation is different. But if someone claims to be a Catholic and they get married outside the church, no, you must not go to that wedding because they're putting themselves in mortal sin. And you, you can't support that by going to the wedding. Um, and uh, so that, with the information I've been given, that's, that's what I would say. Um, okay, here's an email from Sarah. Good morning, Mother. I have recently come across your podcast. Hold on a second now. And she says... Um, the information you have shared regarding the school system and indoctrination and sex ed is alarming, but valuable to me as a new parent. <clears throat> I grew up in a Novus Ordo household and fell away from the faith, but praise God I returned when I decided to start going to a Latin parish. My husband is not Catholic, though I pray for him, and I know this means I must be extra diligent with instructing our young son. This is a long-winded way of asking whether you know of any good resources for young toddlers. 
I take our son with me to the Latin Mass and am way and am weary of any modernist Catholic resources that will water down the faith I hope to cultivate in him as they did mine. In other words, resources that cultivated her faith, that that watered it down, I should say. Uh, Sarah, my goodness, yes, if you go to a Latin parish, there should be homeschooling families there. There should be many resources for them to do, to take you to if they're in a Latin mar- parish and, um, um, uh, what do I want to say, in homeschooling their children. They should be great sources of information for you. Um, uh, I don't know where to send you. You can, uh, again, if you're homeschooling, I would go to solid... Uh, traditional Catholic homeschooling sources. I would send you to the normal, such as um, Seton Homeschooling and other very good homeschooling organizations, but I don't believe that they are of the more traditionalist Latin uh, um, community. So if you wish that, the best source for you would be your priest and um, uh, the homeschooling sources that your own that your own parishioners use to raise their children. Good, solid sources. You can go for very good sources to St. Augustine Academy, St. Augustine Academy Press, um, is one that I know of that's very, very good. I don't know, I've bought some of their materials for families we work with. I don't know that they have homeschooling materials, but any of these are homeschooling materials, and they're they're absolutely solid. Um, you can go to um, uh, Refuge for Sinners, the Joyful Catholic. Um, I'm trying to think of good, more traditional sources that you could go to that would would fit more. With the, um, with the with the mass of the ages uh, prior to Vatican II and many good resources since Vatican II absolutely but um, I think you should have no problem getting many many sources uh, from your Latin community okay there's our closing music beloved uh, God bless you live the faith if you depart from the faith then you have gone into schism the faith will never go into schism The faith, once delivered to the saints, will, and all those who adhere to it, will never be in schism. God bless you, beloved. You have a wonderful weekend, and we'll be with you on Monday.